gentle breeze rustles through the tall grass as a horse gallops on. A young, blonde woman sits upon the horse's saddle, pulling the reins back towards her. The horse's speed decreases to a light trot before coming to a stop atop a large hill. Whoa, easy boy. We're here. Melanie climbs off the horse, patting it gently. She takes in the wondrous view of the fields before her. All right, Meatloaf. Let's rest here for a little bit. Melanie's horse lies down in the grass. Melanie removes her hat and lies down, resting her head on her horse. She smiles, closing her eyes slowly. Melanie wakes from her dream. Her expression changes from annoyed by her alarm to one of yearning as she grabs her phone from the table. The time reads 6.30pm. Alright, Mel. Ugh, time to be the best roommate in the world. Melanie gets up from her bed, grabbing the folded clothes off of her desk chair, slipping them on. In the bathroom, she ties her hair back and lets out a long sigh. God, you look stupid. Melanie looks over her outfit, far more formal than she usually dresses. She removes her nice blazer, swapping it out for her red faux leather jacket. Melanie finishes her look by rolling up the sleeves and pulling a few of her bangs loose. That's better. Hey, Morgan. I'm just finishing getting ready. I'm not going to be late. I know. I know. Have I ever let you down? Melanie grabs a press badge from the end table and begins to exit her apartment. Stop worrying! There is a pause in Melanie's departure. A slightly open pack of cigarettes stare back at her from the end table. Quickly, she swipes the pack, sliding it into her inner pocket and continues with her egress. I am going to get you the best photos and the best quotes for your story, okay? Love you. Bye. Melanie arrives at New Horizons, gazing upon the large building before her. Gross. Morgan, you are so going to owe me one for this. Melanie makes her way into the building and approaches the security desk. Welcome to New Horizons. Can I get your name? Morgan. Green. She replies, holding up her roommate's press badge. The security officer smiles, tapping away at her keyboard. Perfect. Enjoy your night, Miss Green. Thank you. You as well. Melanie makes her way through the large building, weaving through crowds of people. She takes her phone out from her pocket, snapping a few photos of the event. She begins scanning the crowd for a moment, before she spots Adam Kelly, sipping his drink, his eyes wandering sheepishly about the event. Oh man, I don't think I've ever seen someone look more uncomfortable. He looks like a lost puppy dog. Adam meets her gaze, catching her off guard. Crap, he totally just caught me spying on him. Great, now he's smiling at me. I guess I should be friendly. The two exchange a brief smile before she begins making her way over to him. And that was just last night. 
Melanie stands now just before her new friend, Warden. What did I just do? Hey, calm down. Melanie places her hand on his lower arm to comfort him. You... you did what you had to do. He killed Todd, and he would have killed us too if you hadn't... You don't get it! Warden pulls away from her suddenly. I don't feel anything, Melanie. I should feel remorseful for taking life, but I don't feel anything. What does that make me? Warden, I... Melanie attempts to muster words of comfort, but Warden just shakes his head and walks back towards the inn. The crowd moves around the scene as the building burns down before them. With the threat removed, the townsfolk begin putting out the fire as best they can, but Todd and his poor Dinah are lost. A couple hours pass as Adam reflects on his feelings, or lack thereof. Melanie lays in her bed, playing with her strange new lighter, taking several passing glances over towards Warden. She sits up to speak, but is interrupted by a knock at the door. I'll get it. Melanie hops off the mattress and walks over to the door, opening it swiftly. Elsa stands on the other side of the door, with a warm smile and a platter of meats and cheese. Hello. I just want to check in on the two of you, if you're interested. The town is putting on a little celebration of life across the street for Todd. I know you two didn't know him very well, but... Oh, thank you. Actually, it might be good to get out of this stuffy room and get some fresh air. What do you say, Warden? Yeah, alright. Might be nice to get out of my own head. Then it's settled. Um, may I? Melanie gestures to some cheese on the platter. Of course, love. Help yourself to as much as you'd like. Melanie swipes a small wheel of cheese and takes a big bite. If you two need anything else, you know where to find me. Melanie and Warden walk around outside, seeing all of the nearby townsfolk gathered around the fallen diner. Sir? As they walk closer, Warden is cut off by a young man. Excuse me, sir. Yes? Can I help you? Uh, Actually, you already have. I just wanted to say thank you. My brother was one of the men you rescued in that fire. And if it weren't for your bravery... There's really no need to thank me. I just... did what anyone in my position would have done. I'm sorry, but that's not true. There was an entire crowd of people just standing there watching. But you... you risked your own safety for a stranger. Why? (laughs) I'm glad I could help. People will just stand by and let bad things happen because they feel powerless to stop it. And I, for one, am tired of feeling powerless. How is your brother now? He, he's alive, thanks to you. He's got a few burns, but it beats the alternative. I really can't thank you enough, sir. It, <laughs> it's Warden. You don't have to call me sir. Uh, sorry! Uh, I didn't mean to offend. Or anything, I just... (laughs) No, it's fine. I'm just not used to all the respect. (laughs) Warden spots the mayor, standing alone off by the wreckage. What's your name? Oh, I'm Tommy. Mm. Well, Tommy, it was a pleasure meeting you. My friend and I have to go speak with the mayor. 
if you will excuse us. Tommy notices Melanie for the first time. He blushes, feeling embarrassed. I didn't realize I was holding you up. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Warden pats the young man on his shoulder before he and Melanie head off in the direction of the mayor. Tommy sits with Warden's words for a moment before smiling. Oh, hey, it's you two. What a crazy day it has been. I'm sorry about your loss. It sounds like Todd meant a lot to the town. Todd was a good man. Nobody deserves to go out the way he did. Nobody. And you... The mayor turns to face Warden, who has been quietly staring at the ground. Don't beat yourself up about what happened. This world is a cruel one, and it's going to force you to make some decisions that'll keep you up at night. But as long as you make those decisions with the goodness of your heart, then I think you'll be alright. You know? Uh, kind of. I guess. What I mean to say is, sometimes you gotta do bad things to help out others. And that's okay. Mayor Mully places an awkward hand upon Warden, trying to comfort him, nodding with a warm smile. The awkward tension is broken when a crimson-haired woman approaches the mayor in a hurry. Sir, I bring good news. That's great. Could surely use it. Guys, this is Lady Marceline. She's our town's last remaining knight. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintances. Marceline gives a slight bow towards our heroes. She straightens up her posture, turning back towards Molly. It's a pleasure to meet you too. <laughs> well, spill it, Marcy. What did you find? I tracked several members of Divinusex back to their hideout. It would seem they've been using the old amphitheater as a cover. You're kidding. This whole time, they've been right under my nose? That monster had several new victims being brought to him. Humans. Warden perks up, pushing himself into the group. What did they look like? The Lady Knight proceeds to describe each of the prisoners in detail, confirming Warden's concerns. Carson. I'm sorry about your friend. I wanted to engage, but it would have been in vain. Samuel is a ruthless zealot, and his power is far greater than mine. Is there any way you could take us there? Maybe together the three of us could pull off this little prison break. These two took out Choke and his goons. I think they're more than capable of assisting. <sighs> Very well. If you two know how to handle yourself in combat, then we may stand a chance. Most members of Divinusex are pacifists. Their leader, Samuel, is the one we need to worry about. I swear, if he's hurt Carson... He's going to have to worry about me. The three travelers make their way through the city as the sun starts to set. The city grows quieter as the shadier side of its inhabitants begin to reveal themselves. <laughs> Stay focused and ignore them. <laughs> They're more bark than bite. And I get the feeling they won't try anything with your big synthesoid friend here. Here it goes again. It's twice I've been called a synthesoid. What the heck is that? Ah, huh, seriously? That's you. A synthetic android created with an individual purpose. Not too many around here. You have more personality than the average, I'd say. 
Ah, well, I'm not some hunk of metal. I'd have a soul. Wait, seriously? Yeah, Warden here sure is special. Melanie picks up her pace, matching Marcelin as they walk side by side. So, how long have you been defending this little town? What? Oh, not too terribly long. I joined the town guard a few months prior to this whole gang business. When everyone else left, what made you stay? The knight clenches the hilt of her sword aggressively, gritting her teeth. I could never betray my honor the way they did, even if it means losing my life in this petty battle. Melanie ogles at the knight. Warden takes notice, shaking his head teasingly. For the record, you're so cool. I mean, what's more badass than a woman with a broadsword? Marcelin smiles to herself as they approach the amphitheater. We're here. So we just storm in, grab the prisoners, and fight our way out? <laughs> That's a great plan. If the plan is to get us all killed. I admire your spirit, but Melanie is right. We need to get in and get out quickly and quietly. It is best not to engage Samuel if it can be avoided. Let's take a vantage point and see what we can find. The three take cover behind the railing of a nearby rooftop, overlooking the amphitheater. The main entrance is left unguarded, with a few scattered members wandering about. A large concentration lies in the seats themselves, listening to the music being played before them. Look, over there. That's him. Marcelin points out two men exiting a doorway. One is an older elvish man, his face wrinkled and scarred. The man beside him, however, gives off the more intimidating vibes, as he pulls out a cloth from his belt, wiping his hands clean of a dark red substance. Sir, if I may... The aged elf speaks up, gesturing to the side. His companion joins him, putting his dirty cloth away. What is it now? I don't trust these two. They barely look capable enough to watch a feline, let alone something as precious as what we have down there. Your concerns are heard, brother, but they are hardly necessary. I have far greater security in place. Now come, we must celebrate. What is the occasion? Those wretched Valentinos suffered a major loss earlier today. They will be far easier to handle. A young half-elven man approaches the two. Percivilius stares intently, annoyed by the interruption. I don't mean to interrupt. It's just... I thought I heard screaming earlier. From below- Ow! You do not speak on matters you know nothing about, boy! Enough. What you heard were merely the shrieks of an adolescent griffin. I've been raising one in the Undercroft for some time now. Are you serious? That is incredible. I thought griffins went extinct centuries ago, during the Great War. Not extinct. Merely endangered. Which is why the light must protect this one. I understand. I'm sorry for- There's no need to apologize, my son. However, it has been brought to my attention that the current guarding forces may not be suited for the task. How about you rise to the occasion, Kaelin? 
and guard this door with your life. For the light. For the light! Samuel dismisses the two guards and makes his way towards the music hall. Is that really such a good idea? Percivilius, you worry too much. The boy is loyal. He will guard that door with his life, and he will not question it. Back outside, the trio rise from their positions. Okay, they're gone. Now we just have to worry about one guard instead of two. Should be no problem. You two secure the prisoners and return them to town, safely. I must retrieve an item from Samuel's collection. Uh, shouldn't we stick together? I won't be long. It will be easier for me to slip in and out without a seven-foot-tall centurion following. No offense. None taken. Melanie and I will make sure everyone gets out. Good luck. The three descend from the rooftop. Marceline sneaks up to the entrance first, timing it to avoid the wandering members in the hall. Warden and Melanie follow soon after, sneaking to the best of their ability. So, you gonna ask her out? What? I don't e- I- I don't know what you're- Relax, it's totally fine. I'm just messing with you. Obvious, you're totally smitten by her. Will you shut up? We are supposed to be sneaking. Your big mouth is going to get us caught. It is too late, as the young man guarding the door overhears their bickering. Halt! State your name and business being here. Warden rises from his crouched position, Melanie following suit. The man looks at them nervously. <sighs> Screw it. Warden rushes the man. He reaches for his weapon, but Warden is much faster. <laughs> Warden slams Kalen against the wall, knocking him unconscious. The young man slides down the wall and onto the floor. Let's hope no one heard that. I swear, what was the point of sneaking up if you were just going to- It's unlocked. Let's go. Warden quietly pulls the door open, motioning for Melanie to follow. The two quietly descend the dark staircase. Faint whispers are heard as the two grow closer. Several individuals are seen suspended from chains. Quiet. He's coming back. Uh, please, let us go. We don't belong here. Wait. It's not him. Oh my god. All these people. That monster. What did he do to you guys? He wanted us to repent, renounce our God, and accept his. And when we did, he... <laughs> Warden takes notice of the others chained to the wall. Dried blood stains the skin under the victims' throats. Jesus. Wait. Someone is missing. Where's Carson? C Carson? He was moved to the workbench over there. His wisecracking annoyed Samuel, so he separated him. Said he needed additional therapy, as he called it. Please, don't leave us. You have to get us out of here. 
Warden walks over to the workbench, seeing his friend strapped down to it. Carson lies bound and gagged, unconscious. Warden reaches down, removing the gag from his mouth. Carson, hey, it's me, Adam. Carson starts to come to, hearing the familiar voice of Adam. Adam? Is... is that you? You know it is. Why do you sound so funny? I... I can't see you. It's a long story. Come on, let's get you out of here. All of you. Warden starts freeing Carson, who begins to panic. Adam! Why can't I see anything? Melanie works to free the two survivors on the wall, but is startled by the lights igniting around them. With the room now lit, Warden sees Carson's face. Oh god. What is it? Tell me! Carson's eyes are devoid of color, leaving little remnants of his iris and pupils. Warden has little time to process as the sounds of a slow clap takes their attention. Samuel stands at the foot of the stairs. Percivilius stands by his side, with Marceline unconscious. Let her go, you filthy pig! Watch your tongue! Samuel holds up his hand to silence his ally. Warden makes his way over to Melanie's side. Samuel's face lights up. You must be the synthesoid I've heard so much about. And that must make you the lichen, vile beast. I have to thank you, though, for taking such an annoying pest off the board for me. I'll gladly take you off the board as well. My, my, you are quite the specimen. I've never known an android to have so much personality. I look forward to picking you apart and seeing just how that artificial brain of yours ticks. Samuel removes the cloak draped over his shoulders, revealing his ornate armor. Samuel unsheathes his blade. You and me, android. Let's see what you got. Be careful, Warden. I don't think he's going to be as easy as Choke was. Warden's eyes begin to flicker between red and blue. Don't worry about me. Get them out of here. Warden removes the battle axe from his back, engaging the zealot. I won't let you get away with this! Such power behind your strikes. Too bad that won't measure up to my years of training I have with the light! Warden! What the hell was that? Just a little taste of what my god has to offer. And that's just the beginning. Samuel's blade glows brightly with the radiant energy emanating from his palm. Melanie successfully frees the two prisoners from the wall, but it was in vain as two arrows of pure light fire into them, pinning them to the wall behind them. No! Percivilius stands, having let Marcelin go, his fingers still glowing from his attack. Warden takes notice, getting back to his feet. I'll take care of you as soon as I'm done with this piece of garbage. Well, you are certainly welcome to try, 
but I don't think you will withstand too much more of my divine light. We will see about that. Your tenacity is astonishing. Perhaps I can repurpose you and automate my therapy sessions. Never going to happen. We will see about that. Samuel pulls back. Warden swings down with power. Samuel smirks, dodging to the side, slicing at Warden's ass. You see this scar on my throat? When I was but a lost man, wandering this great world, I was attacked. My assailant slipped my throat and left me for dead. A lesser man would have died. But the gods had a different plan for me. I would rise up and become his avatar of justice. Do you ever shut up? Warden lunges forward with his axe. Samuel sidesteps, driving his blade into Warden's side. Fluids leak from the wound. Melanie rushes Samuel, punching him in the face. Samuel takes a few steps back, spitting blood. You... How dare you lay a finger on my master, you disgusting wildling! You will pay! Percivilius pulls his blade to engage Melanie, unaware that behind him, Marcelin is awake and readying her own strike. You let your guard down! Percivilius turns around, holding up his blade. Marceline's blade connects with his, her force knocking him back as she gives chase. Up above, the young man starts to come too, finding the door wide open. No, 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 this is bad. I cannot fail my first task. Ow! Kalen reaches for his head still hurting from his clash with Warden. I need to make sure the Griffin is safe, and stop those intruders. He gets back to his feet, struggling to make his way down the stairs. The sounds of battle grow louder as Kalen descends deeper into the Undercroft. His eyes grow wide at the scene before him. Samuel takes notice. Kalen, my boy. Come to my side. How could you? I believed in you. Believed in the cause. I thought we were making a difference. To think, all this time, you were the real monster all along. Our mission is still the same. Preaching is not enough to obliterate the evil from this world, son. But this... This is too far. Kalen fires a burst of light at Sam, blinding him. Melanie, take over! I can fix Warden! Right. Marceline throws her sword as Melanie catches it, engaging Percivilius. Marceline rushes over to Warden, the light in his eyes fading. Okay, stay with me, Warden. Focus on my voice. Melanie. No, it's Marceline. Listen, you're gonna be all right. I just need to mend this wound. 
Marcelin places her hands over Warden's wounds. The sound of his metal flesh melting itself back together is broken only by Warden's painful screams. Easy, it's almost over. Jesus, that feels worse than the stab. All done. Now let's get back in there and stop these two psychopaths. Marcelin offers Warden a hand, pulling him back to his feet, his wounds now sealed. He scoops his axe from the ground, joining Caleb. Sorry about your head. I forgive you. Now help me take down this monster. No arguments here. Let's do this. Marceline rejoins Melanie, reclaiming her sword. The two join forces, Marceline defending Percivilius' sword strikes, and Melanie firing off arrows into him. Marceline knocks the blade from Percivilius' hand, kicking him down to the ground. Submit! We have you defeated! Percivilius hangs his head in defeat, raising his hand. Hmm. Across the floor, Warden and Kalen try to fight off Samuel. Both men bring their weapons down as Samuel summons a shield, blocking their advance. I grow tired of this trivial battle. Your time is up now. Samuel raises his hand high, an orb of light forming around it. Melanie takes notice, knocking an arrow. Samuel's throat is reopened as an arrow glides across his skull. His hands reach up to stop the bleeding. With his free hand, the portal is summoned from behind as he falls back through it. No! It's fine. Let him go. He won't last long. We have what we need to take down this whole operation. Marcelin finishes restraining Percivilius and walks over to Caleb. She stares him dead in the eyes. Her expression changes as a slight smile creeps across her face. You know, the town guard could always use another knight. Seriously? That would be... Thank you. Oh, crap. Carson! Warden rushes over to his friend, still laying on the bench. Didn't you forget about me already? (laughs) Not a chance. Come on, let's get you somewhere safe. Warden helps his friend to his feet supporting him as they walk to the stairs. A skittering creature makes its way down the steps, meeting the party. It raises to its hind legs, chirping. Warden looks down, puzzled. What's that sound? Suddenly, the squirrel begins to morph rapidly into another familiar shape. The shape of a friendly frog folk. You've got to be kidding me. Gibbon? Well, hi. What the hell are you doing here? Oh, I just wanted to let you both know that the wizard's in town. What? How did you know we were waiting for the wizard? How did you even find us anyways? Oh, you guys were waiting for the wizard? Shoot, I didn't know that. I just thought you might want to meet him as all. He's pretty funny. That's great, Gibbon, but that doesn't answer how you found us in the first place. Oh, that's easy. I just asked the plants to guide me. 
There is no way I'm going to believe that. You can talk to plants and trees and stuff? Yes, sir. Quite the chatty bunch they are. Huh. Neat. Marceline and Kaelin join the group. I cannot thank you two enough for what you have done. No. Thank you. If it weren't for you... <sighs> he would probably be dead by now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. <laughs> We're gonna finish up here, apprehend who we can, and shut down the rest of Samuel's operation. You two get your friend to the medic in town. She should be able to patch him up, maybe take care of his vision problem too. That's a good idea. Melanie, you ready? Give me a second. Sure thing. Melanie walks over to Marceline. The two seem to have a pleasant exchange, leaving Melanie with a smile as she returns to Warden. You ready? Yeah, let's get going. How are you feeling, Carson? I've been better. Would feel a lot better if I could see your pretty face again. <laughs> All right. Come on, bud. Melanie, Warden, Carson, and Gibbon make their way down the street. So you can just, like, turn into a squirrel whenever you feel like it? I can turn into a whole lot of creatures. Just takes a little bit of my energies all. Okay, I I'm still so lost over here. You're a big robot now with some spectral guardian. She can turn into a werewolf and has horns for some reason, and we're currently talking about shape-shifting with a frog? What did Blind Wonder over here just call me? Whoa, easy. I'm just going off what he told me. Gibbon plants his spear into the ground and climbs it, using it to gain some height in the conversation. What did you call me, Tin Can? Relax. It's the best way to describe you with what we have on Earth. You look like a giant walking frog. Call me a frog one more time and I swear to the gods I will tear you apart, you hear me? All right, boys, settle down. Fighting won't accomplish anything. Let's just get back to town so the three of us can go home. Wait, you guys are leaving? Why? How come? <sighs> we don't belong here, Gibbon. We have lives to get back to. I know. It's, it's just that y'all are my friends. I don't want to see you go so soon. Well... Melanie looks forward, uncomfortable with the sappy words being thrown out. Come on, Gibbon. It's late. We can talk about this more later. Right now, Arson needs medical attention. The streets are abnormally quiet. Warden stops walking as he notices a vehicle parked at the end of the road. Uh, Warden? Why are we stopping? Is that an SUV? A what now? Oh, that there's one of them automatic carriages. Don't take no horses to get around. It's real fancy. Well, what is it doing just sitting there? The doors to the vehicle open, and a large orc man steps out. He is incredibly well-dressed. Can we help you? There seems to be a matter of business we need to discuss, you and I. Oh, yeah? What's that? The small business of you killing my baby brother. Warden tenses up, turning towards his allies. Given, can you take Carson back to town? Sure. Are you two going to be all right, though? We managed just fine last time. Keep Carson safe. We'll meet you back at the end. Why, Captain? 
Come on now, Blindy, get the lead out. Gibbon takes Carson's hand and leads him down a neighboring alley. Warden and Melanie ready their weapons as Cutthroat, Choke's twin brother, slides his brass knuckles over his fingers. I promise I'll make this quick, and when you get to hell, tell my brother I said hello. I think it would be much more personal coming from you. Ooh, good one. Warden starts to turn towards Melanie as a large rift opens in the sky above. Cutthroat looks up as two figures fall through the portal. One man and what appears to be a giant of some The giant lands on top of the car, crushing the orc in the process. The mysterious man lands on his shield, rolling closer to Warden and Melanie. He turns to face them, smirking. Hey there. Mind lending me a hand? The Terra Arcanum Chronicles, the audio drama, narrated by Marius Spangenberg, starring Mitchell Drake as Warden and Adam Kelly, Anna Kate Heinemann as Melanie Rodman, Chloe Peterser as Elsa Starlight, Evan Wolfram as Mayor Mully, Brenna Thornton as Lady Marceline, Jay Silver as Percivilius, Nick Riggio as Samuel Gwyn, Jace Matthews as Kaylin, Corey Kulf as Carson Davis, Jamie Clifford as Tommy, Hamish Coles as Cutthroat Valentino and the Giant, Lamar Price as Male Captive, Late Night OJ as Female Captive, Maddie Gerard as New Horizon Security Guard, Cole Letalian as Gibbon, Joe Clifford as Leo Emberhart. Music by Mitchell Drake. Sound effects sourced from freesound.org and Artlist. Written, produced, and edited by Jamie Clifford.